What's up, guys? Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. This week's interview is with Terrence Ganaway, former Baylor running back. It aired in Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, and Kansas on our radio show. It's now in podcast form. If you haven't, give us a rating, a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We are flying up the iTunes charts because of you. And if you want to, I'll send you a free koozie. HCS Koozie. Send me a screenshot of your review to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'll get it right in the mail. You can't beat it. Thanks for listening. Pete Mundo back with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And each and every week we bring in a former Big 12 player to talk to about uh, their playing days and catch up on their current whereabouts. And this week we're happy to welcome in former Baylor running back Terrence Ganaway. Of course, spent some time uh, with the Bears in that great run, 08-2011, was part of the Robert Griffin the third team when he won the Heisman Trophy and uh, spent a little bit of time in the NFL. So, Terrence, for those people that don't know what you've been up to lately, where is uh, where has life taken you over the past couple of years? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to correct you one before we get started. Uh, Robert Griffin was on my team, uh, <laughs> just for all the listeners. <laughs> and, um, you know, I always need to set the record straight when uh, I'm talking to people, but uh, we're good there. So, you know, I, I graduated from Baylor with my, my MBA in healthcare administration. And I've been working with Stryker as a leading medical technology company. Uh, so we're big on innovation and big on growth. And so uh, right now I go around and, and I help uh, transition and make health care better for not only um, for us, but for our customers and, and the patients that they serve in the communities they're in. How'd you, uh, how'd you get into that business, Terrence? <laughs> you know, I had three kids. Um, I had a wife and I was graduating and, uh, I needed to make money. Yeah. And so I was asking people how to make money and, and, um, uh, long story short, man, I, I got in front of a group of guys and they said, I think your personality and, and your passion for helping people will be great with what we do here at Striker. And, um, it happened to be, you know, both, I get, I get paid well and, uh, and I also, I'm able to. Um, you know, provide for my wife and, and kids and still love what I do and help others uh, become better people and better oh, that's, leaders. That's awesome, man. As we're talking with Terrence Ganaway, former Baylor running back. Uh, Terrence, let's talk about that transition from, you know, you spent that year at Houston and then you transitioned and you transferred to Baylor. Looking back on that, was there ever another team in the running for you that you were considering instead of Baylor? You know, not really. My parents wanted me to go to Tulsa out of high school, uh, but I, I fell in love with Coach Browse, Coach Clements, you know, my recruiting coach, and I didn't want to play for anyone else other than those coaches. So when they left Houston, roundabout way, that way, got down to Waco where they were. They were. I mean, it was the only option and the only team I ever wanted to play for. So uh, there was no other competition, and I think you know, Coach Browse and his crew had me from the jump. When you look back on that time uh, with the Baylor Bears, and obviously had a lot of had a great career, a lot of very good seasons, good games. Is there one moment, one game that sticks out more than any other? Um, you know, my my first, you know, um, 
you know, game my senior year. Now, there's a lot, a lot of special moments when we played K-State my junior year and we won and we beat them. We came bowl eligible. We went down to Austin next week and beat Austin and Austin for the first time in forever. Uh, you know, those were huge nights, and, and it really changed uh, the course of what our, our program, the direction of our program. Uh, but, you know, 2011, the, the TCU game, I think it really um, set the tone for, like, hey, we can compete on the big stage. Obviously, TCU was still in uh, another conference, Mountain West Conference. Um, and then, you know, Baylor was in the Big 12. But TCU had, you know, just came off, of, you know, a big bowl win against Wisconsin and great running backs and a great quarterback. And, you know, we're thinking, like, hey, we got an opportunity to, you know, play the number 14 team in the nation and, and make a statement. And I think we did that. That gave us not only a lot of confidence, confidence for the team that was on the field then, but a lot for, you know, the two- and three-year, you know, starters away from being on the field and contributing and winning Big 12 championships just three years later, two years later. I think that uh, really was the turning point at least in my eyes, for you know, where Baylor was headed and, and what we could truly accomplish. Yeah, you you guys were certainly part of that big turnaround, and, and that season in particular was a fantastic one. When you look back on that time, and obviously the program's been through some turmoil this past couple of years, you know, Coach Bryle's name has been drugged through the mud. Um, there's only a handful of people that know the reality of what happened there. How, how upsetting was that whole thing to you when this was going down the last 24 months or so? Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, Waco has changed, and um, you know, a, a lot of people that I used to know, uh, they uh, they're they're no longer there. Uh, they're all around the country. Some are still looking for jobs. So, you know, it, it's different. I think you know Baylor had to do something to right a a wrong, and where the blame lies is somewhere in between. Um, you know, like I said earlier. I wanted to play for no one other than, you know, Coach Browns. I think we had similar um, beliefs and values, and I think that aligned with who I wanted to be as when I, when I grew up as a man, you know, grew up and became a man and father I am today. You know, I did a lot of that molding out of, after the staff that I was blessed and had the opportunity to play for while I was at Baylor. And, um you know, I, I, we're going to grow out of it. it. It's very painful because throughout it all, I thought we had a lot of, you know, great athletes with great stories and, and a great testimony that kind of got drugged through the mud. It's like, hey, all these Baylor guys are, you know, this type of person. And so, you know, the first couple of months at work, you know, I walk in, I'm a big guy. They're like, you don't look like a normal guy. You must have played football. And I'm like, no, I didn't play football because it was such a – sore subject and a lot of people had a popular opinions about it and so it made me not be proud of being a Baylor University graduate as well as being a Baylor University uh, uh, alum and athlete. Terrence Ganaway, our guest here, former Baylor running back. That, that's a fascinating story, Terrence, and, and I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I mean, if you had played for Baylor football when this whole thing was breaking, uh, people looked at you differently, and they thought you were part of this whole, uh, this whole thing that happened there, and that must have been frustrating for guys like you that went there, that did it the right way, and that, you know, uh, played for Coach Bryles. So looking back on that time, I mean, did did it seem like anything was out of control or did this thing totally catch even you off guard? 
<laughs> you know, I had a friend ask me if I wanted to talk to a lawyer, you know, just about like some of the the culture and, and things that went on there. And I said, sure, you know, basically I said, sure. I didn't have anything to tell him. I was like, you know, I the only time I, you know, took out a recruit was Laquan McGowan, our 400-pound tight end. And we we went to IHOP, and I had a Bible, and we talked about being preachers. And so, <laughs> like, there's no story. I don't have this, you know, this grandiose story, this, you know, clickbait for anybody. Uh, to 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 expound on it and make this out of you know nothing, you know I really enjoyed my time at Baylor. I didn't see a lot of it. I, I thought there was a lot of young kids, which are at every college all across America, making young uh, young adult mistakes uh, and and not really preparing themselves for a life of relationships and and a Christ-centered life, but. You know, I, I saw that going on, but I didn't see the, the violence and the abuse and the uh, some of the things that came out was very eye-opening to me. Having been a part of the team was very, very disturbing because I like to be astute and, you know, very aware of my surroundings and what's going on. And it felt like I didn't do a, a good job of mentoring some of these younger guys um, when it came to that. So I... Not to my knowledge, and I'm being totally honest, yeah. that any of this stuff was going on. Yeah. I know Tevin Elliott was right there, and there was a lot of concerns with him. But other, you know, all this, you know, 50-something, you know, assaults and stuff like that, that is very unheard of. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the norm when I was in the locker room my senior year in 2011. Yeah, it's, it's a story we've heard from a couple other guys as well. Terrence Ganaway, our guest. Uh, playing with Robert Griffin III, how much fun was that? With yeah, I know you set the record straight. He was on your team, but with you two guys in that backfield, how much fun was that? Uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, I was talking to a kid the other day, and his dad, and he's like, "Man, I'm just so mad at my son. He he doesn't take anything serious. He's like, you know, playing grab button in the dugout, middle of his game, and blah blah blah." And I was like, "Let him be a kid." Now I was like, I remember in the huddle before a big play, every game, everyone's talking about the most random stuff, and we just got loose. I mean, we always just played with the chip on our shoulder, and Robert was one of those guys that you know was able to you know you know break the the you know the whole like pressure wall, and, and, he, and you know obviously he's no pressure, no diamonds guy, but he was able to calm us down, and then also lead us and set the tone for how we were going to compete and practice. I think Robert really did a great job, and a lot of you know, us did a great job of setting the tone of how we were going to conduct ourselves on the field. And most athletes now, you go to programs and different things, they think they win on Saturdays. You win on Sunday watching film of what you made, you know, what kind of mistakes you made on, on Saturday. And I think Robert was the epitome of, you know, looking at himself, being very reflective and real with himself on how he can get better and how he can challenge other people around him to get better. So, you know, Robert is a great athlete, phenomenal athlete, and has a really great opportunity in Baltimore right now 
um, uh, being picked up here a couple weeks ago. Terrence, the Art Briles offense that was so fantastic at the college level, a lot of people say, well, once they get to the NFL, all these guys have to learn a new offense. Is as For someone that spent a little bit of time in the NFL learning their systems, is that overrated? Is that overstated? Or is there really a big learning curve between Art Briles' system that has now uh, gone all over college football and the NFL pro-style system? Yeah, um, so I would equate it to, you know, drawing a house on one-dimensional house on a piece of paper to go building a, you know, you know, 65-square-foot home, 6,500-square-foot uh, home uh, for the president of the United States. It is <laughs> very, very different. Not that Riles' offense was one-dimensional. It was very fascinating, and it and we learned a lot by repetition. You know, we always talk about there's no playbook. Uh, everything was just done because you did it all the time. In the NFL, you know, there's a thousand plays on any given day, and you got to know which play we're going to run. So we just condensed the, the, what we were going to do, what our bread and butter was, and what our identity was, and then we perfected that to a, to a degree to what, what made us successful on the field. The NFL, the playbook, there's so many different nuances. We call the play at Baylor. We're going to run five zones uh, if y'all had 20 people in the hole. And in the NFL, if you have, you know, the nose tackles shifts over, you know, degrees, the, the whole offensive scheme just changed, and everyone has to be on the same page. So I think it's very, very challenging for, you know, young quarterbacks uh, and young receivers to come from a spread offense that's very simple although our offense was complicated at Baylor, to a much more complex offense in the NFL where you're coming to the line of scrimmage. You might have not ran a play in, you know, six weeks, and when a quarterback calls a check, you got to be ready for that. You know, I think I, you know, look back to the Patriots when they played the Seahawks and, you know, the do-your-job thing, and Malcolm Butler picked off their interception. They said they seen that play one time the entire year. So how does he know to – you know, jump that route, that's just, you know, you got to really be a student of the game. And I think that's the transition from NFL, from college to NFL, is you're no longer sitting in class learning about anatomy and physiology. You're sitting in classes for five, six hours a day learning about football and how to be the best football player. Terrence, you were a sixth-round pick by the Jets in the NFL draft, spent a little bit of time in the league. Uh, you've had a very successful career since then. How much, if at all, do you miss the NFL? I love the game. I'm around it enough. I talk to people enough about it. Uh, I miss the camaraderie of just having really good guys around you uh, and iron sharpens, iron sharpens iron and, and just making sure we're getting better each and every day. You know, sometimes uh, I will never get the same feeling of walking out of a tunnel with 110 guys like I do in my job or any other job. And, and people that didn't play sports on a high level, they never understand what athletes are talking about, but there's some kind of emotional you know, uh, attachment you have when you are lockstep and lock on with 100 people all for one go. It's to win the game. And uh, everybody has their own goal and their own motivation when you get a job and stuff like that. But I, I miss the camaraderie. But as far as getting my head beat up against the wall, you know, I'll leave that uh, up to experts. <laughs> well, great stuff. And uh, Terrence Ganaway, former Baylor running back, fascinating conversation. Can't thank you enough for a few minutes, and uh, would love to talk again soon.
Yes, sir. Pete, uh, let me know. Again, Robert was on my team, and I think you corrected it uh, during the segment. So hey, we, we won't forget for it. We won't forget that here ever, Terrence. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Great stuff out of Terrence Ganaway. Really appreciate a few minutes out of him. And just a really sharp guy as well. Really, really sharp guy. And thanks as always for listening. If you haven't, please do rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We'll send you the free koozie. Email me a screenshot. Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. You guys are the best. We'll talk to you soon.